Welcome to Addiction and the Family, Episode 12, Gratitude. How has addiction affected your family? It robbed me of my father. Addictions have affected my family in absolutely every way. Um, it has caused a lot of turmoil. It goes back to what I understand is at least three generations. It robbed my daughter of her mother. It robbed my mother of her daughter. Addiction has made our family quite challenging. Addiction affected my family tremendously. Uh, it's affected my relationship with my sister where I wouldn't I'd go for months without talking to her. It's a very difficult thing for everybody involved. It doesn't just affect the, the one individual. It's a disease that affects the whole family. Addiction is spread not only genetically through like some of my uh, relatives and I assume ancestors. It's uh, generational. I think of him every day. Welcome to Addiction in the Family, a podcast by and for family members of anyone with an addiction. My name is Casey Arriaga and I'm a social worker and addiction counselor at both Windmill Wellness Ranch and In Mind Out Emotional Wellness Centers in Texas. I've led hundreds of family workshops, but I've also lived the experience of being family to addiction as both a child and adult. My wife Kira and I were in our addictions together for over a decade and now have been in recovery together for almost 20 years. Join us as we offer experience, strength, and realistic hope about how you and your family can find recovery together. Hi, Kira here. In this episode, we are going to be talking about gratitude, a concept that is fundamental to many people's recovery and happiness. We will look at what it is, where it can be hard around addiction, benefits of gratitude, how it fits into recovery fellowships, ways it can be practiced, and then I will guide you in a gratitude meditation. Along the way, we'll hear the voices of people in recovery talking about gratitude in their lives. All this after a quick message from one of our sponsors. Addiction in the Family is brought to you in part by the generous support of Windmill Wellness Ranch, an innovative treatment center located in the beautiful hill country of Texas and serving clients and their families from throughout the United States. I'm Shannon Mollish, CEO of Windmill Wellness Ranch. We offer the best in neurotechnology to heal the brain and the best therapy to heal the mind. Call us today at 210-762-6217. Welcome back. So what is gratitude? Simply put, it is the positive feeling we get when we recognize that we've been blessed with kindness, acceptance, or perhaps a more material benefit, such as a gift or something we didn't assume was coming to us. Gratitude may leave us feeling more loved, more secure, or simply more lucky. To feel grateful for something is the opposite of taking it for granted. Gratitude shows up in the via classification of human strengths, meaning that research shows it is one of the 24 strengths valued in cultures all over the world, and it is one of the most commonly reported. It notably is classified under the heading of transcendence, meaning it is a strength that helps us connect to the world around us and give our lives meaning. As with all human strengths, some people find it comes easily to them, while others have trouble finding it at all. Gratitude is not always easy to come by when active addiction is part of the scene. Family members may feel there is little for which they can be grateful if they see their loved ones struggle, if they feel they are being robbed of the family life and relationships they thought they would have, if they are in fact robbed of money and possessions by someone they love, and if they yearn for a better time before the chaos of addiction reared its ugly head in the family. Since addiction has been called the opposite of connection, 
The loss of that connection and loving relationships can leave family members feeling resentment, grief, anger, sadness, and fear, all emotions that do not sit easily side by side with gratitude. Similarly, people with active addictions are not often prone to gratitude. Addiction can feel like a sense of desperation in which nothing is ever enough. Even while getting high, people with active addictions can already be worrying about how they will get the next high. When that high comes, it often feels like relief from the unbearable tension or even agony of not being high. Under such circumstances, positive emotions become harder and harder to find. In my active addiction, I might pay lip service to gratitude, but part of my brain kept telling me that I always needed more, more of whatever felt like relief. So it was difficult for me to experience gratitude when nothing ever felt like enough. It turns out I'm not alone in this. Let's hear the voices of people, some of whom are family members and some who are in recovery from addiction, about where gratitude is hard around active addiction. I, I can think of um, a lot of times when gratitude was difficult, when um, I started feeling guilty that I had a, some sort of part to play in my son's addiction and in the way he, he was not uh, getting treatment and the way he was breaking the law. And so it was a matter of, if I'm not feeling gratitude, what I was feeling is more like responsibility for everything that was wrong and worry about what all the things that might happen because of his addiction. So you know, when I get a call from the prison and, and he's asking for bail or asking uh, for some other kind of relief, and uh, I'm going over in my mind all the ways that this is the worst thing um, and there's no hope. Those are the kinds of things that bring me to a uh, where, you know, gratitude is just kind of nowhere in sight at those moments. In my experience in active addiction, I had absolute zero gratitude. I was very hateful. I was blaming everybody. I was very selfish and just me, 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 me. I was not grateful for anything whatsoever. Gratitude was really difficult for me before I had some recovery under my belt. And watching my stepson in his active addiction devastate my husband kept me angry and uh, so frustrated, and I found it very difficult to find any way to be grateful about anything uh, until I found recovery. I would say gratitude has been difficult um, for me to see the value in that particular individual, um, my family member that was suffering from addiction. I would say it kind of tainted my perception of them, it skewed just like my vision of the way I viewed that particular family member. So in the sense, I became jaded. I, um, it was a very dark place. I was never grateful. I don't think I was even grateful prior to picking up, to be quite honest. It doesn't exist. Um, addiction puts you in a dark place even if it's not your own. and. It just, it doesn't exist. You can't 
see anything to be grateful for when you're in a dark place like that. I don't think there is any gratitude in active addiction. Active addiction is like, um, that's a different, it's almost like an alternate world. So I would be grateful if I had a copious amount of drugs. I would be grateful if I didn't go to jail. I would be grateful if I lived through certain situations. Uh, I'd be grateful to judge and give me so much time. So I think my baseline for gratitude was a little bit different. There are two guys that I care deeply for, and they're both in different addictions. I've seen one of them in particular just in and out of sobriety and recovery. And it's easy to stay grateful when he's here and when he's present and when he's sober and when he has a light behind his eyes. And it's difficult to stay grateful because he's a chronic relapser. And I love him and I'll always support him and I'll always be his cheerleader no matter how many one month chips he picks up that he doesn't want to celebrate. It's all a big deal every time, but it is so hard to love somebody and every day pray like, please don't die. Even though gratitude may seem hard at times, it is definitely worth it. That's because gratitude has a lot of psychological benefits. Regularly practicing gratitude leads to a brighter, more optimistic view on life. If you are always looking for reasons to feel gratitude, you'll find them. Rather than focusing on what's wrong with a situation, you'll look for what's right. That doesn't mean you are ignoring problems that need to be fixed. It means that you will see what there is to be grateful for in the midst of those problems. This may actually make it easier to find solutions, as you are much less likely to fall into hopelessness about the problem. If you're used to finding what's right and what's a blessing, solutions may jump out to you more. At the very least, you're more likely to enjoy the problem-solving process. Gratitude also leads to increased happiness no matter what your life circumstances. In fact, there was a really telling study in which happiness levels were compared for two groups of people. The first group was people who had won the lottery. You'd think they would be very happy, and you'd be right, at least at first. The second group was people who were keeping a gratitude journal. They may not feel the same revolution in their happiness level at first, but watch what happens over time. The people who won the lottery experienced a huge boost in happiness initially, but then saw their overall happiness decline over time. Meanwhile, the people who were keeping a gratitude journal reported gradually increasing levels of happiness over time. At six months, the people who were keeping a gratitude journal were as happy as the people who had won the lottery. Pretty amazing, right? But we're not done yet because the people who won the lottery continued to see their overall happiness decline, whereas the people who were keeping the gratitude journal continued to see their happiness increase. By a year, the ones regularly writing about the gratitude were significantly happier than the people who had won all that money. It turns out that while the old saying that money won't buy you happiness is true, a regular gratitude practice may just do the trick. This happens because gratitude changes the way people see themselves and the world around them. If you are always looking for what's good and what's happening, the world will seem like a better place, and who doesn't want to live in a better place? In fact, 
Who doesn't want to be in a better place, not just psychologically, but physically? Gratitude turns out to have all kinds of health benefits. People who are more grateful live healthier lives, with different benefits being seen at different life stages. Gratitude can reduce blood pressure and increase the quality of your sleep. It's been shown to reduce stress and depression, factors that can have a huge impact on things like organ function and muscle tension. Gratitude also influences brain function, leading to improved ability to regulate emotions and increase self-motivation. Given all this, it can be no surprise that recovery fellowships advocate for gratitude as a regular and important part of recovery. 12-step groups such as Al-Anon or Gamblers Anonymous strongly encourage gratitude. Al-Anon references gratitude in 10 different publications, with some publications having multiple entries on it. Many a 12-step sponsor has assigned their sponsees to create a gratitude list daily, sometimes leaving those in early recovery wondering what they can find in their lives to put on such a list, only to find that with practice, it isn't so hard. Alcoholics Anonymous says, quote, Gratitude and serenity are two sides of the same golden coin of sobriety, unquote. Smart Recovery puts less overt emphasis on it, but talks about it in their article on the benefits of journaling. Since gratitude has been shown to improve willpower, it should come as no surprise that recovery fellowships say it is important. Let's hear from a few people, some in recovery from their own addictions and some who are family members, about where gratitude fits into their recovery. I practice it daily. I uh, try to think about it throughout the day. I'll remind myself and ask myself, what are you grateful for right now? Um, and in the dark places when I can't be grateful for anything, I actually have a list in my phone full of gratefuls that I will read to myself whenever I need it. I have to wake up and do a gratitude list every day. If I don't, I default to all those um, defects of character. And, um, you know, I wake up really not grateful until I apply the program to my everyday living. I mean, I have to do that. Today, I can feel grateful about a lot of things, and that includes that my son is still alive, that he can periodically get into recovery and have a decent life. It's very important that I feel gratitude that none of that is my responsibility. And so then I'm grateful for most things that occur throughout the day, as long as I stay in the present moment and uh, look around and appreciate them. When I got into recovery for myself, I found gratitude to be enormously helpful in pulling me back from the desperation and anger and frustration of thinking that I had control over things that I didn't. And because I learned about addiction as a disease, I was able to amend my relationship with our addict. And we have a loving relationship when he's in contact with us, but I have learned to have boundaries, and I'm grateful for that. And all of these are gifts of seeking recovery for myself. It's probably the biggest part, coming from what I experienced to where I am now. I have nothing but gratitude for where I am. I have to practice it daily. Even if I do have bad days because they come, I have to remind myself it's in everything. 
gratitude is something that I think slips away from me or I, or I fall out of the pattern of staying mindful of very easily. It's so ironic how I came into recovery thinking that I wasn't worthy of anything, but at the same time, the second that I get something good, I'm ready for the next good thing. I don't really let myself enjoy it. I don't really thank my higher power, you know, extensively for all of the blessings that I have in my life today. So today, it takes reminders programmed into my phone to go off at random times of random days that just say three gratefuls or something like that. And they always, somehow those times are always uh, coinciding with when I'm frustrated or when I think I'm uh, too busy. It's never when I'm actually just kind of in a state of like, oh, today is good. I think it just goes to show how almost magical this program can be because I came from a place where there were things to be grateful for, but they were not the things that I have today by miles, by worlds. And, um, and today I can sit here and be a brat for no good reason at all. So thanks for the reminder <laughs> to stay grateful. Uh, today, uh, gratitude plays a heavy part in my recovery. Without gratitude, my humility is gone. My ego takes over and I start to take credit for all the things that I've done. And then like the, the extraordinary things become ordinary. I was having a bad day and I wasn't really grateful for anything. I didn't know I wasn't. And I went to Walmart, this was this past Saturday, it really stuck out of my mind. I remember I was in a certain, feeling a certain type of way, just kind of upset and discontent. And I walked outside of Walmart and I looked to the left and there was a dude by a Salvation Army bucket on the corner. He was just laying on the ground, man, people walking by and he's covered blankets, you know? And it was cold, man. It's the beginning of winter time. It was really cold that night. Everything that was bothering me, it kind of went out the window, right? My perspective shifted. And that's how I believe God talks to me, how the universe talks to me. And the thing, those old saying says, if you're not grateful for some things, you'll lose them. You lose the joy that you had, right? And that's why I don't want to be. After a quick break here from one of our sponsors, we'll explore some practical ways to start or grow your personal gratitude practice including a guided gratitude meditation by Kira. All this in just a few moments. Addiction and the Family is made possible in part by you, our listeners, through the power of Patreon. If you want to help support this podcast, simply drop by our support page at patreon.com slash addictionandthefamily, or alternatively, go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Addiction and the Family. Any level of support helps us carry the message, and official patrons get sneak peek excerpts from my book in progress, Realistic Hope, The Family Survival Guide for Facing Alcoholism and Other Addictions. Visit our page on Patreon for details. Welcome back. Let's look at some things you can do to increase gratitude in your life and get more of its benefits. Well, after all the nice things we've said about gratitude journaling, we've got to start with that. What, you may ask, is a gratitude journal exactly? Unlike a diary, which just logs the day, a gratitude journal is specifically about what happened in the day that inspires gratitude. A brief internet search can bring up long lists of gratitude journal prompts from simple things such as, what brought a smile to your face today? To more challenging prompts such as, 
What was the best part of an otherwise unpleasant experience today? To the truly Herculean, what is something you can appreciate about your ex-spouse? Some people like to write on a new prompt each day, never repeating a prompt until they've gone through all of them, which challenges them to stretch their gratitude muscles when they run into a prompt that doesn't seem to come as naturally. Others may choose a handful of prompts that really speak to them and choose the one that feels most inspiring that day. You might try writing a few things each day and then once a week write a more in-depth essay about something that stood out that week. Some people like to write a simple list of the things that inspire gratitude that day, which some writers call a bullet point journal. If you go this route, be sure you aren't just rattling off the same list most days, as this will get stale and the benefits will likely fade. Luckily, we've got a few ideas to avoid this. One simple but powerful technique is to make a short list, say three things per day, but never repeat anything on the list, ever. If you've written it down once, you can never write it down again. This challenges you to keep a keen eye out for things you can include that day, since you will probably run through all the obvious stuff pretty quickly. When you're constantly on the lookout for new things to include in your journal, you will start to experience your life in a new way. Every experience becomes an opportunity to find some element that you can appreciate. Keep this up for a year and you will have a list of 1,095 things that you were grateful for. Another great journaling idea is to periodically change it up and make an alphabetical or ABC gratitude list. Name something for which you can be grateful that starts with each letter of the alphabet. Sometimes in groups at Windmill, I challenge the clients to see how much of this list they can complete in one minute. I have a friend in recovery who says that if she's ever having trouble falling asleep, she starts making an ABC list in her head and she falls asleep about halfway through. What a great way to drift off to positive thoughts. I find that an alphabetical gratitude list often tells me what kind of things are on my mind. If I'm hungry, it sounds like apples, bananas, cherries. But if I'm in a more recovery kind of mood, it's more like altruism, blessings, cheerfulness. No matter how it comes out, though, I know I'll be challenging myself to get creative in my gratitude. There's more to gratitude than writing, however. A great way to build gratitude in daily life is to practice savoring. Savoring is when you go out of your way to notice great things as they're happening. This could be as simple as really paying attention to your favorite food as you eat it. Feel the texture. Notice details of how it tastes. Take time to enjoy every bite as though you were experiencing it for the first time. Similarly, you can apply savoring to spending time with people whose company is particularly enjoyable or uplifting, engaging in activities that nourish you, or any little moment that captures your attention. Similarly, through positive recall, you can savor the memory of a time in your life that really stands out in a positive way, whether it was earlier in the day or years in the past. Think about all the details you can remember and savor each one, giving thanks that you got to have that experience. You can even savor something that hasn't happened yet by engaging in positive anticipation. Through this, you can engage in gratitude for something you're really looking forward to doing, such as going on a vacation or spending time with loving family members and friends. One more gratitude practice that a lot of people use is engaging in gratitude meditation. Such meditation has been shown to improve things like brain function and life satisfaction, and in one study, it even got teens to feel happier with their school. 
Gratitude meditation can draw on many of the ideas we've talked about so far, such as sitting quietly and considering different things for which you are grateful, perhaps savoring each idea or memory one by one. It can be a free-form thing, or perhaps a guided meditation. In fact, Kira is really good at guiding people through such meditations. If you're driving or doing something else that requires your full attention, then come back to this part of the episode later to try this out. But if you are able, sit somewhere quiet and relaxing and follow along. Take a deep cleansing breath. Hold it for just a moment and slowly release it. Take another deep cleansing breath and hold it in and let it go. Breathe normally and focus on your breathing. Every intake of breath is healing energy. Every exhale is a letting go of all that is no longer needed. Just breathe. Notice your body. Feel yourself rooted to the chair or the couch. Connected to the earth beneath you. Follow the energy of that connection like an umbilical cord that connects you to the center of the earth. A long, bright cord of energy connecting you to your higher power, to the God of your understanding, to all that is, to nature, to the earth, to the universe. Let your mind drift as your body floats and let your thoughts settle on someone you love and appreciate. Someone who has made you very happy at one time or another. Think about that happiness they brought you and revel in the beauty of it and feel the gratitude Think of an experience you've had that taught you something important. Whether it was an easy experience or a difficult one, you wouldn't trade it away because 
you emerged better in some way for having had that experience. Let yourself feel the gratitude for that situation. Look at your life as a beautiful tapestry. Think about your beginnings, happy moments in your childhood, the best parts of who you are now, and the people who love you. Revel in the beauty of the gift of your life and feel the gratitude. Now focus on that connection, that cord that binds you to the earth. Notice your body again. Still floating, yet still rooted to the earth and still connected to every living thing. Notice your breathing. Notice that every intake of breath, you're still bringing in healing light. And with every exhale, you are exhaling that same healing light, which fills you up. And bring yourself back into your body. Take a deep cleansing breath and let it go. And when you're ready, wiggle your toes and open your eyes. Thanks for being with us through another episode of Addiction and the Family. As they say in many recovery meetings, take what you liked and leave the rest. Go out and explore the possibilities for recovery in your life and give your loved ones the space and dignity to make their own choices. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe. It means a lot to us. If you know anyone else who could use what we have to offer, please tell them about Addiction and the Family. If you have comments about this podcast, have a question you'd like to answer it on the show, or want to contribute your voice, or just want to say hi, you can write to us at addictioninthefamily at gmail.com. We're also happy to be your friend on Facebook, and we can be found tweeting on Twitter. 
Addiction in the Family is produced, written, and engineered by Kira and Casey Ariaga, with music by Casey. <laughs>